Welcome to the SQL Podcast, episode 54. Woo! It's going to be a fucking awesome episode as always. And I'm Andrew Mayock, your host. And remember, what we always talk about here is making men men again and also leaving a woman better and wetter. But best that I love to talk about is being the best a woman has ever had inside and outside the bedroom. Now, we got a fucking good friend and a guy who has been doing exceptional things in the world, Zach Adrenia, and what he fucking does as well. He has a book called System 333. He's a traveler, author, and speaker, and he um, I bought his book a while ago, and it is fucking sensational, and it goes into his journey all about his life, the trials, the tribulations, and all that other fucking amazing stuff. He's a very switched-on individual, and it's great to have him on the podcast today. We're going to be talking all things about travel, lifestyle, psychology, System 333, what that actually means, and also tying that, of course, into our favorite subject about sexuality and how important it is to be a man in today's society. So thank you very much for being here, my man. Thanks for having me on the show, Andrew. Um, it's very good to see you again after so long. I know I haven't seen you in uh, well, more than six months. And um, I have to say, you've, you've been on quite a journey yourself. Um, you, you, I know uh, when, when I last saw you, you, were, um, you actually ran a class. Uh, was that this year? I think, it was, I think it was early this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was early. I think it was early this year and you came to that one. That was, that was pretty fun, but yeah. Yeah, beginning of the year. And uh, what it was, it was just, there's so much has happened. Like, Zach, actually, I'm actually in Sydney at the moment. We're in a beautiful, like, it's actually really good to sit here. We're just, like, looking at this beautiful fucking scenery in Melbourne, in Surrey, no, in Sydney, in Surrey Hills. And then I was like, Zach's like, yo, I saw him post something on Facebook. I'm like, bro, let's, he's like, sends me a message, then we catch up. He's getting jacked and ripped. So, this man, just to give you a bit of perspective as well, like, I've never seen someone who fucking works as hard as him, pushes himself to the limit. Like, he's, like, um, really good at fucking sales, psychology, persuasion, and stuff like that, and then also, he's a humble fucking dude who pushes himself in regards to the gym, he's a fucking jacked up dude who's always willing to put his mates first, so it's it's awesome to have you here again, man, and just like, shoot the shit, because that's how we roll. Yeah, appreciate that, you know, it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have to be hustling, you have to be doing something with yourself, um, the way I see it is, you know, you, if, if you, you know, get up every morning, you want to have goals, you want to have purpose to live. And however you direct that energy is, um, you know, going to be a result of the, you know, the output you put um, in this in this world. Um, uh, so the input you put in this world will directly correlate with the output, providing you take the steps and processes correctly. Now, um, when, I, when I think about um, what, you know, you have done, Andrew, I look a lot about um, how you've focused on helping men be men again which you said at the beginning of the podcast but also you know you've really delved into a certain area that um, not many people really like to um, get into um, and it's an area that takes a certain level of self-awareness and and you know um, self-actualization I mean I would say that sexuality is um, a huge part of self-actualization for for the human being and if you want to ask me why I, I believe it's because it is inevitably a primal part of our human nature so on, on an objective level, if I was to apply system three through three, primary part of our human nature, and um, it, it, it is expressed um, in, in, in some way, shape and form, and we have to have a, have a good understanding of it in order for us to um, have healthy relationships and in order for us to, to know ourselves. So um, at, the, at, the, you know, at the back of my book, I, 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 have, um, I have a quote that says it um, where basically 
um, the you know the the tribulation of the world is that uh, you know it's important to know ourselves to free ourselves from within um, and you know part of learning about sexuality is it's not what the world that imprisons you but you that imprisons yourself so you need to you need to you need to free yourself and part of learning about sexuality is actually gives you freedom would you agree yeah for sure man 100 percent. and it's actually good let's yeah and there's so much to talk about as i said zach and i could sit here for hours and hours on end just talking shit about life and stuff like that but let's do this let's um let's get into a little bit of the backstory man because yeah i know you're talking about system 333 it's the book he's written and it's a system that he's created on on life with um yeah i'll let you explain it on life and how things operate in the respect of how it works in this world and how it applies to everything and then what would be really cool man i don't think you've done this before but you could break it down in regards to how it works for sexuality. That'd be really amazing. Yeah, well, uh, as I mentioned, I could do that. Um, I'll be able to break it down. First and foremostly with what's, um, what my backstory is. So um, I grew up in Sydney, spent most of my life, uh, you know, just rolling with the punches. So, you know, doing everything that the program tells you to do, you know, go to school, get a good mark, go to university. I worked at um, casual job in sales so that taught me a lot about um, early stages of human psychology and dealing with people that was very interesting um, and I studied arts and education so essentially I was studying teaching and arts and education also comes with a few courses um, on educational psychology which teaches you a lot about uh, Freud, Piaget um, and a few other uh, major psychologists into how people think you know metacognition thinking about how people think um, and then I set out to go and work overseas in England. Um, and that is where my book, System 333 Beginnings, began. No pun intended. Um, and what actually happened was I thought I set out to, you know, just work, start a normal, I would say, you know, typical normie lifestyle, if you want to call it like that. But what had happened on that trip, and this is my first time ever going out overseas and leaving, um, le leaving Australia, turned out to be a one-year journey into complete randomness. And that included um, living in India, um, having, having a girlfriend um, from another country, going to a breakup, uh, traveling over 15 countries in a year, meeting all these different people, and just really learning some pivotal life lessons that changed my reality and my perspective. And um, because it happened in such a rapid form, it wasn't, it didn't, um, it wasn't something that dragged, it actually gave, it dragged, didn't drag on over periods of time. It actually happened so rapidly all in a year that it took such a long time to digest. So the way I came to writing System 333 Beginnings was that I was already keeping journal entries, a diary. I've been keeping a diary for the last, um, eight, nine years since I was at the end of high school, um, like the last year of high uh, second or second last year of high school. So I was already on that slow path to writing. And because I was on that slow path to writing, eventually after that one year trip, I said, I ought to fucking write a book of this shit because there's stuff that young men are going to learn. If we talk about men ma making men great again, the stuff that young men are going to learn from my journey when I was 25, that will really be highlighted in my book and it's illustrated as a uh, true story it's non-fiction 
and it just goes into a whole deconstructive psychoanalysis of what's going through my mind. But then at the end of the book, I actually present and propose uh, propose a framework called System 333, which was done with collaboration with one of my very close friends, Gibbo. And that comes down to the subjective, the objective, and the human experience. And I'll get into more of that soon. Awesome. Love it, man. So yeah, you've, um, I know you've done a lot of, a lot of travel. And when I was going traveling, I'm like, hey, yo, I call him the pocket rocket for short. <laughs> um, for sure. Yeah, for short. <laughs> for short. But yeah, it's, um, it was awesome when I was going overseas. And I'm like, hey, Zach, I know you've got a lot of experience traveling and stuff like that. And then this year traveling around the world and um, speaking at these events and doing all this stuff. And definitely, it's, um, it's a wild, it's a wild world out there, especially when you're like really not just like going on a two week Bali holiday with your girlfriends it's you're actually fucking you're living overseas and you have to make it and like different currencies different shits going on so it's amazing and not to mention different women and different experiences but let's just jump straight into it man let's like break down because the reason I wanted Zach on to here today because yeah we're not talking so much about sexuality but we'll drop we'll drop into it because as you know we talk a lot about purpose men being men and stuff like that and being the best inside and outside the bedroom and then I've got a fuck ton of a really amazing people um, who are actually around me. Yeah, we've got someone at the door. Let's get it. Yeah, we've got a fuck ton of really amazing people who we really want to bring onto this podcast. So, um, say bring onto this podcast. Yeah, just press the button. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we just bring onto this podcast who are like exceptional people. We've got a friend coming over now. And yeah, what I want to do is break down um, Zach's, break down his actual system and show how we can work it out for sexuality but work it out for the modern man because we see a lot of men are lost they don't know what they're doing and it's one thing to have a just a thought but actually experience this and then have the framework so super excited for you to break this down man yeah absolutely and it's a great one to break down and there's so many reasons for that i know we have someone coming is that right yeah, just keep going. yep i'll keep going so first and foremostly um if we were to break down uh sexuality or sex with within the human experience um actually so within system 333 let's first talk about the human experience because that's the one everyone can relate to one reason why we all love sex is because of the experience of doing it right and the reason um well i can speak on behalf of men the reason men want to sleep with so many different women is because there's a, a, a variability in that human experience the act of sex can be performed with many different women and do you want to chase a different human experience with each woman? And um, that all, you know, that and sex is actually, I mean, I have read somewhere, I don't have the study with me right now, but there is a study where sex is considered one of the most valuable human experiences, which is why it's so desired, which is why it sells the most. So um, that human experience is so variable because, for example, my experiences having sex is going to be completely different to Andrew's, um, and it's going to be different to someone else's, and um, you know, and everyone else is going to be different. And really, because this human experience and there's a variance of that when it comes to sex, it's essentially limitless, I would say. Um, but then we also look at the other two areas of System Three Three Three. And then I'll go into the objective. So the objective is that sex is actually a biological primitive t- 
type of urge which has been hardwired in our DNA, which comes down to a scientific breakdown of how humans operate, and that it is it was an it's an essential tool for reproduction, which is to continue on um, the survival of the human race. So, from a survival evolutionary point of view, sex is important, and um, you know there are all these dynamics that come into play when it comes to you know sexual reproduction that. Is um, that makes it an essential part of life. So without those hormones, you know, testosterone, estrogen, androgen, etc., you know, sex wouldn't be able to be performed. It's it's a it's a mix of chemicals. So there's chemical science behind it. It's bi- there's biology behind it, and there's a whole lot of other things. And especially when we talk about sexual attraction. There is a level of objective science towards sexual attraction and what triggers, um, you know, uh, what triggers people to be attracted to each other based on desirable traits. And when we, so, so there is a huge objective component within sex, um, which is why it's important and which is why, you know, unless you've transcended your um, biological urges, which some mysticists have, um, you know, it's going to be uh, an ongoing thing. And I'll, I'll add one more thing. Um, the subjective so the way people view sex and the way they perceive it is going to be different and this is where you get a lot of these sexual subcultures like bdsm um and just kind of um you know the dominant um submissive and also um you know people's view on on sex so for example you have cultures that repress sex a lot more then you have cultures that are really openly sexual so i would say western cultures like that but then you're also you know you have the individual taste of sexuality too and how they i mean some people are more vanilla as you probably know some people like some really kinky type of stuff you know um and they like role play and stuff so and then you have all these variances in it so this is the essentially the subjective um when it comes to sex that sexuality is viewed differently in each person's mind and that's a subjective view of it which has been you know come from either watching movies reading books um, you know, or, or just uh, how, how they've been educated about sex. So a combination of those three things are the objective of sex, the subjective, and the human experience. And that's essentially how sexuality is broken down. And all these th- three interlink. They all work together in harmony. And, yeah, that's something that, you know, takes a bit more time to go into detail. Whew, Jesus. Hey, have you, um, have you surpassed your sexual urges, your primitive urges? Nope. <laughs> least least he's honest but yeah it's a fucking really cool framework let's actually break that down some more man like why not we've got the time and i really want to go in deep deep um deep analysis about this but it's super um interesting also with what you're saying before with the west being more open like what do you mean by that because i'm saying like the sexual repression in the west is it's better than other like eastern countries like india and stuff like that because yeah living in india for a month and a half dude can't even buy sex toy at the shops all that stuff but what was your comment when you made about the west there's a part in my book and i'm in um i'm in uh palagam in aru aru palagam which is the, the northern himalayas in kashmir um and that's where i'm from and i met a lot of kashmiris and there was one guy who actually used to run a guest house there he was a, um, a Kashmiri that would have been in his uh, 40s. He knew my father. And when, when I met him, I had a, I had a discussion with him about... Because um, he married a Kash- Kashmiri woman, but he'd been exposed to a lot of Western women. So 
I, I asked him, I go, so after all your experience with Western women, why did you settle for a Kashmiri? And it was very interesting what he told me. It made me think. I wrote this in my book. And he said, when a Western woman comes out, they are already half revealed. So there's no surprise when they take off all their clothes. You already see everything because they have the tight tops, tight pants, etc. You already see the shape of their body. But when you have a Kashmiri woman who's robed up, once she takes her clothes off, there's more excitement. I found that very interesting. But let me add my spin on it. Because men in the West are so exposed to women wearing, you know, mini short, tight dresses, um, you know, yoga pants, we become desensitized on an objective level. Our brain, our neurochemistry registers as normal. Now, in Kashmir or in India in general, because they're not exposed to that that often, once they see that, um, if they see a woman wearing yoga pants or, you know, or, you know, tight jeans or something or mini shorts, because they, their brain has not um, adapted to that level of um, sensory pleasure, that's why they just get a bonus straight away or they can't, they're, in uncontrol- they're uncontrollable. And that's why you have actually a high level of rape in India because they don't know how to control that. So it's, that's, the, that's part of the repression. So in Western, Western culture has made that more open, so we've become more, um, we've become more desensitized to that. So that was a very interesting thing that I really found and learned with, with sexuality. Um, is it a good thing? Um, and and that, that's a whole other debate. So, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point, man. Never really thought about that. But the desensitization of like, not, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like what's under there. And you're saying, even though it, like we're in the West and you can walk down the street, see a woman in a dress and things like that, yoga pants, it's like, it's normal. But then you go overseas, like, oh, what's under that? You don't know. It's like also like that mystery and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the repression of sexuality over there is fucking huge. And you, I love what you said as well. What has to be repressed has to be expressed somewhere else. And that expression definitely comes out in like forms of like really sometimes heinous sexual acts because of that repression. And hence why doing this is with SQL really, getting men to like this um get away from the suffering of sexuality and the suppression and get them men to be expressed so then they can actually one allow themselves to know what they're doing in the bedroom and then give the woman the experience of going fuck she gets to have a great time too so then when we're talking about that because you have a sister i have a sister and it's like our parents is like we want them to have great sexual experiences and great um experiences with men so it's like by allowing these conversations to happen, it allows men and women to both um, fully function in this um, beautiful fucking world that we're living so we can have these experiences and women can have the experiences so then we can all like fucking win. It's a win-win. That's how I see it. Yeah, and you know, I think what you've done essentially is you've opened up um, that knowledge for, for young men. They don't really know where to go. I mean, it's not something that they can just turn to their mates to, I mean, you know, some people do have those good friendship circles, but um, also, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, taking a look at dynamics um, of sexuality, a lot of them haven't learned about themselves enough or they haven't gone to somebody who's been able to listen to them and point them in the right direction when it comes to, you know, um, one, you know, uh, having, you know, great sexual experiences so performance in the bedroom and two, just understanding what they like. I think the biggest thing with sexuality is really knowing what you like and women they love that when they know what you like right then and you know what they like it's on you know it's 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 very mutual and the great thing about it is you you know it's you've 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 been able to work out what 
um, what is it that I need um, to, you know, to do to make, make this woman happy? Um, and also she knows what I like, so she can, she can make you happy. So it's, it's a very um, mutual bond. I just remembered, man. We won't say the person's name. We'll just say his name's Dominic. Remember when you went for that seminar with Dominic for a few days? Yeah, with, with John, with, with Johnny. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? That was because fu- I I forgot that you went to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, because yeah. So what it was? One of my um ex mentors back in the past. I remember Zach. Um, um. I said, dude, you got to meet this motherfucker. He's the real deal. And then what was it? Two days or one day? It was only one day. So it was, it was one day that he went for. But Jesus Christ, as I said, I'll let you explain what was that. And yeah, what was your epiphanies? Because. That would be cool because he was one of my um one of my um first mentors and dude I'll leave it to you man. <laughs> so I remember um he had it in his house. He had a lot of sex toys. I remember that. There was a lot of stuff there. Um a lot of stuff that I I I you know, I'd never seen before. So <laughs> it wasn't like here's the thing. Where did you go? Okay, yeah, that's a good question. To be honest, it wasn't something I would usually go to. But because I was, you know, one, you knew him, two, uh, our mate Johnny knew him, I, I kind of realized, well, maybe this guy has some knowledge of something that I need to know about too. The idea is, and I believe this in life, is if you have the access to knowledge that isn't easily accessible, you got to go and you got to get it because you never know when those opportunities come again. And we all know this guy, he's kind of in and out. You don't know where he is. You don't know what he's doing. And he goes into hiding and comes back and whatnot. So we don't, we, you know, it's very difficult to get a hold of him. So we were able to, you know, have a have a seminar, uh, or more of a talk. I think there was a few other, I think there were three or four other dudes. What I got out of it, okay, apart from the fact that he basically fingered a chick in front of us and she squirted everywhere, which was his girlfriend. That was, that was... Yeah, might I add, this guy was my mentor for about two and a half years, so everything you're saying, it's just fucking crazy. Yeah, I remember, that was good. Um, it was pretty ridiculous, but that was a new technique I learned, actually. Um, yeah, the good old two fingers up toward the G-spot while she's lying on her back. Um, yeah, that was a very, very interesting uh, tutorial. I, 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 I got to admit, when I paid the money, I, I didn't expect that. So I got more than I, was, I, got more than I paid for. But what I learned a lot was the act of the dominant and the submissive and that there were all these different type of dominance and there were certain levels. It's kind of like on a, on a shade. So, you know, you've got submissive, dominant, and then you have all the gray. You've you got submissive, dominant, then you have all the gray area, right? And it was very interesting when he asked a few questions. There was some level of self-discovery into knowing where I fell on that scale. Um, it's dualistic, but at the same time, you know, the grey area in between. Why that was great was because then now, you know, when it came to stepping into the bedroom, um, I knew what would work best for me and would work best for the women. So I found that very interesting because I learned what type of dominant I was. Um, it really gives you insight into why you like certain positions more. What I mean, you you have a really good way of saying it. The way you wank is the way you fuck. Man, I love that. Tell me a bit more about that. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. So the way you so it's the way you wank. It's the way the way you masturbate is the way you fuck. So 
It came as a... I've, I've made a podcast all on this, but I'll um, give you a little bit of an overview. Like, it's like... Most guys are trying to um, run a marathon, yeah? They want to have, like... They want to fuck for hours. But before I touch on that, I just wanted to say one thing. It was good what you said, because a lot of the clients we, we actually work with, man, they... They come to us and they're going, oh, fuck, um, you know what? We get two types of clients. Guys who are a bit like more performance anxiety, getting it up, keeping it up, or they want to last as long as they want. Shit like that. And then eradicate all performance anxiety so they can be present and they can be in their heart and they can feel. Because when you're in your heart, you can feel and all this other stuff. The second type of client is like a guy like yourself. You're like, you know what? I'm a, I already know what I'm doing, but you know what? I just want to be the best fuck. I just want to really know some really elite level shit. And I know our main man, Dominic, he just knows that shit. It's funny. I can only imagine, dude, when he actually had the um, making that woman squirt in front of you. Because I've seen that so many times. And he's so... It's more... What I got from it was his presence. When he's doing shit, it's his presence and the way he goes things and the intensity and how fucking rough he goes as well. And you're thinking when making a woman squirt, you're just going to do it like really gently and that's it. He goes to town, man. He's like, he's getting it done. You're thinking, I hope the girl's okay. But you know what? She's in a fucking world of bliss, but that's a fucking crazy another story in itself. But in saying all that, what's absolutely insane is like you said, the way you masturbate, the way you wank, the way you masturbate is the way you fuck. And that's so true because a lot of men aren't actually masturbating correctly. What they're doing, they're like trying to whack off as quick as they can. And what they're doing is killing all these nerves and these sensations in this fucking area. And then you're training your body. You have to get it done and do it as quick as possible. And when you've been brought up, say we've been brought up, we've been living at home in a normal setting. We got our fucking mum in the... I always say this story. Have you heard me say this story before? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you're like at... You've got your computer, especially you, mate, with all your fucking... What was it back in the day? Like, um, Call of Duty. Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike, mate. Him and Sim are fucking... That's how they met through Counter-Strike. These guys... This is a domino effect. We're playing... uh, I was playing Counter-Strike with um, Sim and uh, Black Mumba. We call him Black Mumba. So... Uh, through Sim, I met Andrew. I mean, that that's the crazy thing. I mean, see, a lot of people want to know, um, you know, how you end up building a network of people and really it's through doing the shit you love doing. And even if back in the day it meant playing video games, you don't know the people you're going to meet through video games, right? Um, through him, I met just, uh, Andrew, I met um, John, and uh, that's how I met Dominic. So you got to think, I met a shitload more people. Uh, um, and I would say um, it positively contributed to my own self-development. And that's why everything comes in as a web, as a network. And you have to really capitalize on building your social networks. But back to what you were saying, um, masturbating uh, the way you fuck, go on about the sensations and whatnot. Yeah, so when people are growing up, like they're just like like they're just jerking off and getting it done as quick as possible and what happens is like how are you meant to do a marathon how are you meant to run the marathon when you're always constantly doing is being a sprinter and that's the big analogy that we've always got or metaphor and then when guys like think oh okay cool because what happens we're so conditioned to like lean over the computer especially you mate fucking quick you're like you're batting off as hard as you're flipping between tabs and jerking off as quick as you can you're like fuck I gotta get this done quickly and then all of a sudden you hear in the background your mum's yelling out Zach dinner's ready you're like mom leave me alone like you're like fucking quickly going for it mate we've all been there every client i talk to is the same and then they're going for it and then all of a sudden you're 
on high alert because of your, ear, your ears. You're watching some porn which is destroying so much fucking of your mind about like when you're watching pornography and that's most guys' education. And then you're tensing your whole body. How the fuck are you meant to relax and last it like longer? And that's why a lot of guys have premature ejaculation as well. And that's why we talk a lot about relaxing your body and masturbating slowly and enjoying your own body. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't do that um, for that reason. I mean, I, I really picked that up early on. I've found the best thing is to, um, you know, uh, one, you know, um, for, for me personally, uh, lying back, lying on your bed, relaxed is really good. Um, you're on your back, so you will get. What I found is because I'm on my back and I'm doing it relaxed. Um, it great thing is it takes time, you know, so you enjoy it more. You're more relaxed, and so that why that what's given me a lot of durability, um, long longevity in in terms of um the bedroom, um. But also, you will get used to enjoying also having sex on your back. So, you like the woman on top more because you're lying on your back, right? Which is very interesting, I found, right? Uh, not that, you know, you're submissive. You just prefer that position because your body's in a more relaxed position. And that's essentially what allows you to get to the state of arousal. Then, there was also a way where people can be, uh, you know, they call them bed humpers, where they fuck the bed, Right? And I would say that's definitely more aggressive, where people, you know, where people are just like they they masturbate by fucking the bed. Have you heard about people doing that? What, what what's that? But yeah, I was I was also that note as well. Did you know he said like some guys, and it's good you brought it up. Like some guys think if they're lying on their back, they're being submissive. It's like it's fucking ridiculous, man. It's like you're lying on your back. How is it submissive if you're just enjoying and allowing this beautiful woman to start riding you? Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I I think people who um. You know, I think everybody likes to see things in black and white. Um, and, you know, there are so many times where women have loved the fact that they're on top. And it's not because they're in the dominant position, but because of the... Um, well, one, actually, for me, what I found is I prefer... I find I see the whole female body when they're on top, right? You have that whole visual. Um, and, you know, you could see, especially her curves, her waist, perfect, right? The, vis- the sensory pleasure is great. But also, you can still be the aggressor from the bottom, right? Um, if, if, you know, you call it the, the dominant submissive, you can still be the dominant from the bottom, right? Um, and then also, at the same time, she is in the best position to get to, for the penis to hit the G-spot for the orgasm. So it's actually easier for a woman to orgasm from the top. And, um, you know, for when it comes come, uh, to, uh, what's it called? For, um, I mentioned um, I mentioned bed humping before, right? So yeah, there are there are dudes that um, you know they'll just you know they they find if you know they'll have an aggressive way of maybe they'll they'll lie in the bed and they'll they'll beat off more aggressively, you know, and um, you know rather than just lying relaxed, you know what I mean? So that's a that's basically another way, you know, which again it probably just going to be premature ejaculation so you have to do it in a relaxed way if you ask me and yeah definitely not you know bed tugging yourself while bending over watching the computer and you know why your mum's going to ask you for dinner that ask you to come to dinner that's not good dinner's ready and yeah dinner's ready and then all of a sudden i don't know what happened there we just had a bit of a technical a, a technical fault i was getting excited so yeah so what ends up happening is like it's all that stuff like guys like it's on high alert they've been whole told their whole life you have to jerk off like this watching more aggressive porn to get stimulus and then the cycle just repeats and then when they're with a woman they get so nervous and dude i've talked about this multiple times but it's fucking crazy like some guys will have a fucking woman they care about and they love 
and they can't get it up and and they might go beat off in their car, beat off in the bathroom or just like um, say they're not really into it tonight. I've had like multiple clients, man, like say this stuff and what we do on the retreats and the events is just getting people to, to feel again. It sounds strange because as men, we're like told, don't feel, don't open up, all this bullshit. I go, but the best experience is when you can be like that strong man who's that pillar, but then you can also be that um, guy who can open up and be really um, connecting. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, sex is essentially needs to be, there needs to be um, communication and there needs to be um, a sharing of emotion and appreciation. And, you know, when, and the thing is, I have another question to ask you, which um, I'll ask you at the end of when I finish speaking. Once, you know, they say porn, porn destroys your brain, okay? To a point it does. And, and I think because of the excessiveness of it. One, the excessiveness. Two, the variance of it. Three, the... You start applying um, that reality to your own human experience. But it's a digitally rendered version of this human experience, right? It's not applicable to your own. Which is why one of my fundamental philosophies is saying, do not suddenly take this human experience of what you see on TV, what you see in movies, what you see in pornos, and apply it to your own. A lot of the time it just does not match, right? They've been staged, they've been structured to show you a certain way, right? And that never necessarily will ever, I mean, not won't necessarily will always be the case. That's why it creates fantasies and illusions. Now, thankfully, thankfully for me, I'll be honest, I'm not a big porn watcher. I, I can't remember the last time I watched it, okay? It's been years, right? And why I cut myself out of that habit very early on because I, I realized that. I, I realized it wasn't healthy. Yeah, and what changed when you watched porn? Did you see any um, changes in yourself or it's been too long? You know, I always had this sense of um, I was cheating myself when I was watching it because, you know, I, I think, I mean, and this could just be the way I think. Anything that comes too easy and that is not a directly correlated with my own success I can't begin to believe that, you know, I should be, there's, there should be a reward because really the release, the, the ejaculation release is a reward, dopamine release, right? Reward center of the brain. You're cheating yourself for the reward. So the equivalent I see it is, for example, in Counter-Strike, you'd be like putting on war hacks and winning a game, right? You're cheating yourself for the reward to win the game. And I see pornography as the same thing. And I really picked up on that early on. So that's where I really, um, you know, once you start, once you start, um, steering away from that and becoming more realistic with yourself it's 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 a lot healthier because you're setting realistic goals you got to remember the patterns in your sexuality will also be conducive and parallel to some of the other patterns in your life too so you need that's why we talk about this whole holistic process and my question to you actually in regard to this is what do you think of nofap oh Good question, because it's such a subculture that's actually like really taken off and uh, there's, there's so much confusion about it. Like NoFap, it's like, it's great. Like no watching porn, but then it's also the, it's like from my um, understanding, it's no watching porn, correct? And then it's also not, it's not, no, and then no jerking off because it like encourages men to go out there and meet women. I actually did a whole podcast on this, man. It was one of my biggest podcasts on this. It was like, NoFap is crap. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 and I like that you did that. And I'll tell you, it's, I break it down into three things. One is no watching porn, okay? But you can still fap. Maybe just fap over women that you know or something. You know, that's what, pe- that's what people are told to do. Two, um, no, 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 um, 
no masturbation period, right? So what that means is, well, you can still ejaculate if you're fucking a woman, okay? Then the third one is no ejaculation. There are people that practice this, where they withhold the semen retention, withhold their semen. Um, okay, I've done all three. I've, I've done all three. But there comes a point where it's actually quite unhealthy, I would say. There comes a point where it can be quite unhealthy. Because, um, and I know Joe Rogan has said this on his podcast, but when you're withholding that much masculine energy, sexual energy, and you're not channeling it into anything else, whether it's your creativity, your job, the gym, that will cause a lot of sexual repression, especially if your testosterone's high. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, when you're saying, I didn't know you said that, but that's really cool. Yeah, if you're just like doing no fap and you got like, all I do is go out there and hit on girls, but I don't really hit on girls and I kind of watch TV and I don't do much and you're trying to do this so you can build this up. It's not healthy. But if you've got like a lot of strong purpose and strong high values and you've got a mission and you're redirecting that sexual energy, fucking go for it. But if you're doing this and you're lying to yourself because your mind knows really unconsciously when you're doing something out of um, uh, out of congruence and out of authenticity. Like you may say you want to do something, but you're not actually doing it for that purpose and it's going to cause dissonance in yourself. So it's fucking crazy. And yeah, with the no fap, I say it's no fap is crap because... What I want, I, you guys should listen to the No Fat podcast. But in short, just for this, we're jumping around a lot, which is great. This conversation is just flowing, and Zach and I could talk for a long time. But with the No Fat man, it's it causes a lot of men to think they do I fat, do I not fat, do I not come? And what that's what SQL, what we really teach is like we're not like a tantra school. There's a lot of flaws in the tantra school as well, which we don't have time to go through here. But there's a lot of flaws in BDSM, and there's like there's there's like and the thing is, people, I have to be one way or the other. That's like morality. There's no such thing as morality. There's no such thing as good or as bad. It just is, and that's why we teach you in um, SQL. You can do what the fuck you want. If you want to come, you come. If you don't want to come, you don't come. You, we talk about like semen retention. It's great um, using it for life's force energy, doing other things with your life. And then also, if you want to let it go, let it go. But what I really say in no fap is really start cultivating your own masturbation habits and slowing down and really enjoying your body and getting back into sensation instead of idolizing about fantasies and idolizing about things that aren't fucking true because it's going to stop you from actually having deep meaningful sexual connections with women and then when you can get into your body without a visual stimulus of thinking you have to think of three midgets and a fucking and a potato so you get your cock hard and then all of a sudden you're going shit i can't get it up because i'm so used to visual external stimulus you can get stimulated from your own internal body by your own sensory sensory pleasures and then sensations by slowing down and building that up over time then what's going to happen man it's going to be like it's going to be fucking crazy because men you're going to feel a better connection shelf the woman's going to open up you're going to have a better connection to her and i always say this it's your sexuality her sexuality and then together and then all those three that's the fucking triad for um, sql not the system 333 but it's very similar in the respect of like it's all working together and it's all actually living yeah the union of experience so then when you actually have that union of experience what can happen is you can always always say this you're living the highest amount of pleasure and you're having the greatest amount of experiences the peak experiences opposed to having like a quick jerk it off the porn it's a collective human experience at the highest amount of pleasure exactly and that's why i mentioned that this, um, when, when you asked me breaking down system 333 with um sex sexuality um and that's why it's seen as one of the ultimate human experiences because it's a collective at the highest pleasure right 
Um, and that's why it's very fucking interesting that this topic really is something that needs to be um, something that's more clearly avert in, in men's minds as to why sex is important. Now, what I really um, have started to look at a lot is, I mean, so I think everybody is a... Well, okay, actually, I've got a question. Would you say everybody has there's some sort of, um, you know, we talk about journeys, right? Journeys within the human experience. Everybody's got a different journey. Good analogy would be, uh, you know, you start in a job and you have a career pathway, right? In that job, right? Would you say sexuality as well? There's some, um, there's some type of, not career, I won't say career, but some, se- some part, there's a pathway in your, your sexual development where, you know, you, you, you get some of the basics down, but then you want to explore more and different types of, you know, of sex with women, you know, you want to be able to help them open up more, you want to do some more kinky stuff, that type of stuff. Would you say that there's, there's a development in the sexual self? Yeah, for sure. Like, that's the thing. This journey never ends. I remember one of my mentors said to me once, I go, oh, okay. I was talking about fantasies and stuff like that and things you want to explore. And she goes, I am i don't have any fantasies. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, I've lived them all out because she got to live out her fantasies and stuff like that. And I go, what's next? And she goes, it's a never, it's like a rabbit hole, man. Sexuality is such a rabbit hole. It just gets deeper. Like next year, for example, I'm doing seven or eight retreats for my own personal development on sexuality so I can take it to new levels. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper and you get like um, more nuanced understanding. So it just never ends and people think, what's that next level? But you could see it as like a hero's journey of sexuality. When I first started off with um, like my mentors, I had no fucking idea, man. I had my little like, I had no sex toys. I was shit in bed. A woman told me I was fucking terrible in bed. It fucking destroyed me in a lot of ways. And then I had to like build up from there. And it was just an obsession from a void and pain, which pushed me to actually strive forward to go, I want to learn about this. And that's why when we um, make posts and we do podcasts like this, we only know that I can teach men how to be the best woman's ever had in the bedroom because I've been through so much experiences that I've put myself through, but I got the experiences from mentors. I learned from there, then I tried it again, and I kept listening and adapt to, um, adapting to situations. Like same with the women, as you said, man. Like really listening to what they're saying. It's like that. Like, and I'll, I'll tie it into these three. It's like understanding your sexuality, which most guys just think it's. They always jump to step two. It's like I'll give her a fucking orgasm by touching her pussy, making her squirt, and do that, and like I'm licking her clit. I'm like it's so much more than that. Yeah, it's, yeah, know yourself and know your sexual self, what turns you on, what you don't want to do and what you want to explore and then really get in touch with your body. Two is like really, yeah, the, the fun, I call them party tricks, squirting, fucking fingering, anal, all that stuff. Yeah, it's great and threesomes, whatever. But then it's like number, like under that is like the female psychology and the sexual psychology and making her feel safe to open up. And number three is like, how it works together, how your both, your bodies can both move in a rhythmic dance. And then when they can both move in that rhythmic dance, that's bliss, dude. That's bliss instead of me trying to, I'm trying to fuck you and that's it. And you're just trying to fuck me. It's like, no, the body's moving rhythmic dance. You might be more like at one stage, like pushing and then she might just like really surrender herself, but it's still that flow because you've negotiated and talked about that. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I think about, uh, what I've learned from, from sexuality, right? It was so much of it had to do with like, you know, you talk about living out experiences, I feel like I've lived out some pretty wild experiences. And I also feel like, uh, you know, 
I have, you know, fucked my ideal dream women in all the positions I want. And generally, you know, when I when I like to have sex, I like to get all all or I like to make sure all the positions that I have because I find certain positions work well with certain with different types of women. That's one thing you learn, right? You learn the woman's body, you learn the woman's personality. You've really got to match match yourself up. So I feel like I've had those experiences, but like it's never ending still. You know, there's still different um, different types of women you want to sleep with. For me, I think, uh, and this is the one thing about traveling, you, you learn to like um, having uh, sex with women of different different countries, of different races, right? Um, you know, I thought, I, I, and you know what, I thought it was about that, just just that. But it was also about uh, women with different personality, different feminine archetypes. We go a bit deep here, you know, some more of the Jungian shit. Different feminine archetypes. And this is why I loved meeting women around the world. Um, you know, and see, the one thing is, I like the whole courting system, the, co- the dating. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I mean, there are guys, I mean, okay, dude, there are dudes out there that go out and pay for it. Uh, not my thing, all right? Um, you can do it if you like. Okay, if you just want to go straight to the action of sex, great. But for me, the, the biggest thrill is the whole courting, courting stage. Why? Because you interact with a feminine archetype. There's a build-up there, and you can build a narrative around that. And um, that that is the excitement for me when I think about sexuality. It's the process of the A to Z, and how did you, as... Um, as as the masculine archetype intertwine and um, bond with the feminine archetype. So it's like the sexual dance, the, the sexual dance between the masculine and the feminine. Yeah, you want to break that down about the countries and like in regards to the sexuality and the women and how like open they are, the receptiveness and stuff. That'd be really cool. Do you know, um, one thing that's interesting is you will be surprised at, what type of women from what type of countries you will be most attracted to? Um, I I really didn't know that I would like Russian women a lot or, or Slavic women. Um, but it, it isn't got to do with me liking them. It also has to do with them liking me. There's a polarity match. You, you don't even have to do much, you know. Like just even generalizing because we're, we're making generalized statements, but generally speaking, Eastern Europe, man, like the women, the femininity, the openness, especially because you, you're such a masculine dude in a lot of respects. It's like that purpose, that drive. It's like, it's like with like, same with me, like that focus direction and like get shit done. And sometimes it's like having a woman who's soft and gentle and it's like, it just brings you back down like, oh, fuck. It's like she brings you back in your body because sometimes it's just like whoosh. And that's like some core fundamental principles of masculinity in the respect of that. Yeah, and that becomes more overt as you begin to um, meet women from these different countries. Because, for example, when I was first confronted with what you just said, you know, soft feminine women really, you know, making me mellow out was uh, my ex-girlfriend that I speak about in my book. Um, and she was from Greece and she really, um, because that was the first woman that I dated outside of Australia, I was not exposed to that cultural mis- uh, you know, cultural difference, right? So for me, that was really like, oh, hold on, you know, like, wow, I really, you know, I really feel this like I'm a man, you know, with her, you know, because she's very soft and very feminine, you know, it's like. It you know it takes one 
um, to show the other, right? Her femininity, you know, really showed my masculinity. Um, whereas, you know, a, 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 you know, I would say Western women, there are Western women that are still feminine, but a lot of it is inbuilt from a young age where women are told to um, think a certain way, act a certain way, etc. And that really also then ties into their interdynamic relationships with the male. So um, that's why I would say it's different um, dating Western women or women in Australia to when I started uh, meeting women overseas in, in Eastern Europe. Yeah, 100%. I could I agree, man. Because just like talking to yourself, talking to so many people, experiencing it myself, it's just like, and buddy, the other day, it's just like, like, I love being a woman. And when you hear a woman say that, I love being a woman, I love embracing this part of myself, it's like, holy shit. It's like, when she loves being a woman and a man loves being a man, this and then the fucking chemistry between that and the sexual fucking tension is so heightened because it's like, it's like there's two fucking poles coming together and the stronger those poles, that stronger, stronger fucking sexual fucking chemistry and then you can just explode, explore, you find a chick you're really into. Like, it's it's just incredible. And then, well, I was going to give tell you this, man. It's, it's fucking crazy. Like, um, when guys actually, like, say we met a girl on the street or we just met a girl at a club and we fucked her tonight. It's like, some guys think that's cool. I can, like, treat her as I want sexually. But... If I find a girl and then she's just like a girl who I she might become my wife, what happens over time? Guys start suppressing women's sexuality. And the thing is, when they start suppressing the woman's sexuality, man, over time, she starts um, like getting fucking suppressed and that has to be expressed somewhere else. Either by she wants to go out, she wants to have guys flirt with her, she might fucking getting getting sexual with co-workers or she might go fuck someone else at the and, and do that stuff. But when you give that woman that full openness and experience of like, I'm comfortable with my sexuality as a man, I'm the fucking, I, I got your back, I want to make you feel safe, I know you can look after yourself and do your own shit, but when I'm around you, I just want to let you allow yourself to relax, let go, flow, and then we'll both blow together. Yeah, I, I think suppressing your, uh, you know, woman's sexuality is not a good thing at all. And, um, you know, uh, this is my opinion. This is my opinion, and I'm going to probably offend people by saying this, but if you begin to think that, you know, women, uh, you know, don't like sex or a frigid or these, you know, type of angel types of, oh, no, sex is, you know, no good or whatnot, you know, because it's morally bankrupt or whatnot, you're wrong, okay? And I can tell you why. What did I mention before in System 333? The objective. Unfortunately... Humans are made to prim- to, uh, prime, pr- on a primal level to reproduce. And the hormones, for as long as they're operating, especially if they're, you know, uh, at, their, you know at, at their peak fertility stages, they need to play out objectively. Just like we grow old and get old, you know, we need to, just like, you know, we, we have to eat food to survive. They need to play out objectively. Once you suppress the objective, you're suppressing chemicals and you're suppressing primitive animalistic human behavior, which is dictated by those chemicals. So if they have not been moderated and you haven't allowed your woman to um, you know, understand that this is a normal process, that's when you're going to run into a lot of issues. And yes, they will find partners somewhere else. They will look for other options because you cannot do that for too long. It's like making... Um, be like make, making yourself starve or making her starve you know like it's not a good thing yeah and that's the thing 100% man a lot of women have that every woman 
has that and every man every woman has an animalistic side to us and the thing is we suppress that because we're told to stay in the neocortex and to stay in the fucking the logical part of the mind but it's like sex is not a logical dance like logic and dance do not go together like logic like that flow that feeling and that's the same as sexuality like that's why i say fighting fucking and dancing is all the same thing it's like when you can get into that flow and let go then she can blow and we always say that as a joke because it's like fuck it's beautiful when you see a woman allow herself to let go but then you as the man have to like really give her permission then when she feels like you've given her permission dude it's you know exactly what i'm talking about but in saying all this um um i reckon we might wrap it up in a second we got as i said zach and i could fucking talk for hours on end like we just like literally scratching the fucking surface today but it was just good to catch up with him and as soon as zach was in um i was in sydney and zach's like yo i'm like you're jumping on a podcast like yeah fuck yeah but this podcast has gone like exceptionally well man thanks for dropping bombs and before we wrap it up do you have anything else before we we'll talk about system of 333 in a sec but do you have anything else just to you want to share with the guys about sexuality yeah, look, um, the most important, as I mentioned, um, is the, you know, the most important thing is to know your sexuality if you want to develop, develop yourself as an individual, as a human being, and build stronger and better relationships. Once I came to terms with my own sexuality, it was really healthy when it came to dating women. Because why? Because I knew what I wanted from a woman. I knew what I wanted for myself. And, I knew, and a woman knows what to expect of me too. And that's something that you need to really get in check sooner than later, because you know you, you that that's a healthy way to live. And in regard to you know what what I'm doing now, like I think um, what ends up happening is once you become comfortable to understand your sexuality as well, you you know you also want to channel. It's about your masculine energy. So now um, what I'm doing is you know I've got some financial goals I want to reach. So I've been working my job. Um, and I've just been doing some work on System 333. I had a talk just recently. And the other thing is I've been building um, uh, building myself in the gym. That's another good way to express your masculine energy. So uh, sex isn't the um, end all and be all, but it is an important part of your life to nail down. And women will appreciate you knowing that you know what you're comfortable uh, with in terms of what you like. And they look to you as a man to know yourself so you can um, have that have that communication and have that confidence. Awesome, man. Yeah, completely agree. And that's the thing. Sex is a sex is a piece of the cake that needs to be sold, but it's not the whole cake. And that's what we always say. It's like, this is such an important area that's overlooked. No one wants to talk about it so openly. And then I've got all these amazing people on the podcast talking about it so openly. And just like even people who listen to the podcast, they go, fuck, we've had people like I've, I've had the best experience of my life just from listening to the podcast. So yeah, our mission, like the mission that I have is just to serve humanity and serve humanity in the respect of like, living to my highest values of speaking and teaching and then when I can serve humanity like that through the platform of speaking on podcasts and speaking on other people's podcasts and speaking around the world it's so it's already happening and it's fucking crazy like as I said last year traveling all around the world 2020 we're going to be in Warsaw again speaking um, and then we've got another event in Vegas so and then we've also got another event in Sydney so it's just fucking crazy like three continents three massive events for next year doing masterminds bringing in models bringing in the fucking the whole 
to do exercise with. It's just, it just never ends. And as I said, it's really good to have you on here and sharing your experience with the, with the system that you made up with your mate Gibbo and stuff like that. So yeah, appreciate you being here. But if you want to get in contact with Zach, the best place to do that will be. You can follow me on Instagram. So that's Z A C A D R A N E I A. Zachadrania, that's my Instagram. Um, you can shoot me a message. Um, I basically go traveling quite often. Um, and now my main focus is really just... Uh, actually, so with my book, it's important I nail this down, okay? A lot of people want to ask about my book. I just did my second print run of 100. And do you know why I only have my book in print? I don't have it as an ebook. I only have it in print. And I've only done two print runs. The first 100, which is sold out, you own a copy of the first 100, Andrew. And then I have a second print run, which I've just recently done. Because knowledge and my book, I want people to directly buy off me because it's valued in scarcity. The second I make that knowledge, the second I make that information abundant through ebooks, all that, it loses its value. Um, and it, the main reason is because if you really want to own the copy of this book, you have to come to me, okay? I'm not, I didn't put that book out there to make money, okay? I put that out there to share knowledge to people who were um, interested in my life and what I have to say. Um, and, you know, that's why I own, that's why if, you know, I only have, um, you know, two print runs, there will be a third one eventually when I run out. And people who have it, when they read it, they'll know that uh, why I decided not to make it, um, you know, massively available, right? Because it would detract from its meaning. It's meaning to myself and it's meaning to the world. So, um, yeah, if you want a copy of my book, I'll send you a copy. $30 signed. Um, and, yeah, it's, in, it's, it's, it's actually a really, really nicely printed through Ingram Sparks. So, yeah. Perfect. So from the man himself, and yeah, thank you very much for being here. If you want to do that, reach out to Zach, and he will um get all that sorted for you. He runs. You probably run an event what maybe once a year now. Yeah, um, once a year maybe in Sydney. So once or twice a year, depending and stuff like that. So he's um currently based in Sydney. So yeah, if not, just reach him on Insta. But dude, it was a fucking pleasure as always. That we did, that conversation went absolutely everywhere, which I love on these podcasts. You never know where the conversation's gonna flow. And as I said, if you want to read what he's got um coming up, it's awesome. And as I said, great guy. And we, what he was saying before, just to end on this, I love how it's like he's really in amazing shape at the moment. His purpose, he's got um he's got direction. He's got money behind him. And the, the thing is, he's focused on his sexuality. Really really doing that and we constantly have conversations um in passing these days it's less frequent than that than we like but we've both got our direction and mission but when we catch up it feels like nothing fucking changes so it's absolutely um awesome well in that regard remember guys um remember that we um what was i gonna say yeah always um making men men again fuck that one up yeah so making men men again leaving a woman better and wetter and that's the thing the best she's ever had inside and outside the bedroom. If you want any more details about Sexual Quantum Leap, make sure you check out the website at sexualquantumleap.com. And then when you have a look at that, um, as I said, if you've got any questions, you can send us an email and not to mention all the events and for 2020, which is going to be fucking huge. So super excited. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate it. And Zach, again, it's been a fucking pleasure. Thanks so much, Andrew. Look forward to doing it again. 
awesome guys and yeah if you haven't listened to the rest of the podcast go out there check them out go for a walk down the street with you walk your dog go hit on chicks down the road if you're having sex put the podcast in listen while you're having sex and do all that amazing stuff so excited and thanks again and i'll see you on the next episode